Welcome to Read the Room, your resource of a show. Now, in case you didn't know, these conversations are about relationships and how to do them better. So go ahead and come on in, kick your feet up and grab yourself something delicious to sip or snack on and maybe a notepad because there's something good here for you. And you might not think you need it. I understand, but your friends will thank you later. Enjoy. It's mean dude's like, hey, I really can't stay, but... Yeah, it would have a we different would still, connotation. But, right, but it's still harassment, would say, right? You're still, you still, a no is a no. At but the also, bottom line. Also, Santa Baby. I don't need that Santa one. Baby. That's I, another I, one. I honestly couldn't tell you the lyrics of that song. Well, you just told me to. Santa Baby. <laughs> Slip a sable under the tree for me. What's a sable? Uh, a sable coat. It's like a fur coat. Sable. Well, you, you know sable. You don't. <laughs> You don't want Santa to slip you a sable? Why is that bad? I want two. Well, oh, okay. Well, I think that that might be your song then. If you ha- okay, that's a good question. So, oh, you- hurry down my chimney. Yeah, not hurry up the chimney. Yeah, it's a I diff- thought it was like get out of here so no one sees you, Santa. Oh, <laughs> okay. No, I don't like that. Why is that one bad? Well, no, it's not. I'm not saying bad in that it's like culturally not accepted. I'm just talking about songs I don't need anymore. I oh, mean, I don't need anymore. Yeah, I like she's the like, classic she, versions. Also, I just saw Mariah Carey at the Hollywood Bowl and she did her full wow. Christmas album. <gasps> did she do it from like start to finish or did she change the order? She changed the order and she threw in some old stuff that oh. it well, was like, did- like, like little snippets. There's the word. I stuttered there. Snippets <laughs> of like honey. Oh, okay. Emotions. Yes. She, sang, um, she did the hits. Oh, she did like she a did little. Hits, yeah. yeah, I remember seeing a video of her being like, okay, I'm going to do a little little bit of the throwbacks for and you. I love her. I know I you love do. her. I know you she's do. saying, um, yeah, she has a lot of really good ones. Well, here's the thing is that I would I would have loved to have gone to or to have gone to a Mariah Carey Christmas concert. However, not however, I would have I, that album is it can't be touched. But for me, if I could go back in time and get to listen to any Christmas album live, and you're going to roll your eyes at this, so just go ahead and get them ready. Wait, is it The Preacher's was... Wife. Wait, no, I was going to say The Preacher's yeah, Wife. Yeah, but you didn't. You gagged I know, but first. It, no, in my head, I was like, Who are the you pre- yelling at him okay, right here? Because I love that movie no, it's so, so good. Much. Oh, it's so, so good. I got to so put the good. album on on the way home. It's Jennifer so Lewis. Good. Oh, my god. Jennifer Lewis is, is, you can watch her in every frame of that movie and just be wildly oh entertained. Oh, my gosh, I love The Preacher's But then, Wife. oh, that soundtrack. I, I would have, I, I would pay every dollar, and that's not many, but every dollar, <laughs> every dollar to go. But every one of them is a lot. I know. Yeah. I know. I would do it, though. I All of that to say... If you were a Christmas song, what do you what what do you think you'd be as a Christmas song? Oof. Probably Oh Holy Night. Oh wow. Okay, yeah. now you have to explain it. I just I just you made just that like up. The song? <laughs> I was on the spot and now I need an explanation. <laughs> well, I this just, is improv at its finest. I just love the beauty and the power of it. Because mm. it's so soft and then it's like the fall on your knees and here. The angels' voices, it just is like, I don't know, it has such a power to it that like it's such an epic song. Yeah, and it's beautiful and yeah. like powerful. Even, but not like obnoxious. That's mm-hmm. what I aspire to be. Yeah. Oh, me too. I and wonder the if we'll stars ever get are there. Fully shining? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> oh, I have to like sing them. Okay, what, stars what? are brightly shining, yeah. But you were you were there. I love the stars. No, it's a great song. Okay, so it's what about you? I know you've thought about this. I really hadn't until I asked oh, the question. Right. He's been prepped. He has <laughs> he has he has freaking <laughs> post-it notes on the <laughs> Yeah, anybody looking here sees that's not true. So I think 
I think I'm going to have yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Okay. Because I love the song and I love uh-huh. the kind of melancholy of it a little bit. There's yes. there's definitely like a nostalgic, like taking stock of mm-hmm. where you are. It also just, I feel like when it's used right in a movie, right. I'm talking to you, Family Stone, mm-hmm. it's like when the song is used right, it really can yeah. be like, oh yeah, you're right. This is this is Christmas. It's all the things. Yeah. It's like it's like the magic of Christmas. It's the magic, it's the nostalgia, it's the thing of like we can't come back to this time. So oh, you know so good. It really is. And then and then for a runner's up, old Lang Syne, which I know is is not popular I necessarily never, for Christmas. I can't I can't think of it off the top of my head. Um, should old acquaintance be oh, forgot? Keep your eye on the grand old no. Yep. Similar. Yep, that's similar. <laughs> it has the same melody. Doesn't have the same melody. Tell me it doesn't have the same melody. <laughs> okay, see. <laughs> the reason you're laughing though is because you can hear it now. No, I love the the confidence. <laughs> the grand old flag. Yeah, I know it. Um, no, the melody is a should old acquaintance be forgotten. Should old acquaintance Natalie and I will be teaching a geography and flag course <laughs> where we take you through each state's mm. song for their flag, for their state flag. <laughs> and then oh my gosh. We end with grand old flag. Yeah. You're a high-flying flag. And How would you do with one of those? You did you ever have to take one of those geography tests where you had to name a country or a state just by the flag? Probably. Yeah. I don't feel like I would do well with that now. Mm-mm. No. Okay. No chance. No. <laughs> no chance. Okay, so this is our last episode. Welcome back to Read the Room. This isn't our last episode of Read the Room, but it is our last episode this year. Wow. I know. I to be on it. Two weeks in a row. I know, two weeks in a row. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we came back a week later and decided to wear the same things because we were like, yeah, these outfits are great. I actually wore this last night as well. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, So you wore it last week, last night, and today. Uh Yeah, great. You know, when you have something that works, it's just. When it just works, you don't fight it. You you don't see the same people? No. Why would you? The clothes in between or. Uh, no, not at this point in my life. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, no more than two wears for me on like an outfit until I have to uh, the wash shirts, it. shirts, yeah, for sure. And then the well, pants, I feel like if they're dragging and then you're like on the streets and they're so dirty and you bring them into the house. Well, and yeah, and I can't trust myself to not get something on my shirt. <laughs> Let's be very clear. Food-wise, I've never, yeah. <laughs> Food-wise, beverage-wise. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> Akari, who's who's one of one of our good friends, and I went to lunch today, and there's this British pub that has the you most- You went? Yeah, we went for What'd lunch. What did you get? Fish and chips. We got fish and chips. We got some zucchini. We got- On a Monday. That's living, <laughs> honestly. Fish and chips Just on for, a Monday? For lunch, yeah. It's, I mean, it's- Light lunch. Just a light, the week. light sensitive the week lunch. Uh-huh. However, because we go there probably once a week or, you know, every other week, uh, the wonderful woman who hangs with us and, <laughs> and serves us every time we go knows the things that we want, which mm. is like, you know, more ranch than one table <laughs> should have on it. Yes. And then sides of their gravy. Okay. Oh. Like British brown, delicious gravy. Wow. And so they just brought us a side for our French fries today. And I'm like enjoying the meal, get up, and we get back to Akari's, and I'm like, mm, <laughs> just gravy on the shirt. <laughs> so it's like the if I oh, make it to two wares, yeah. like it's, it's just impossible. I get it's, it. <laughs> for me, right? You know, I have small hands. Sometimes the grip on a fork <laughs> isn't you know, the You're most like, reliable. <laughs> 
And Edward Scissorhands <laughs> approach to living as it were. Um, oh, what a great start to a last episode of the year. I think so. I feel like. Or season closer, not end. Well, not and I last. think, yeah, no, not last. I think that it it's confusing you for people. You brought the closer out. Sorry to keep interrupting you. But. <laughs> well, I think it could be confusing because it's like we, we did a first season. We took two weeks off, then came back with some new guests and a little bit of a fresher look. But this is going to be an ongoing thing. So, you know, we're saying season ending. We're really saying the year ending. Last one of December. Yeah, last one of December. And I was so glad that you agreed to come and hang out with me for the last episode where we were able to answer, I think, a few important questions that a lot of people end up having to ask at some point in their life or another. And then I wanted, because... You know, just going into the holiday season, I know that we've had Thanksgiving and this wasn't <laughs> pre-recorded a long time ago. Like we're in the thick of mm-hmm. of the holiday season and it just brings up stuff every yeah. year, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I feel like it does. And so I wanted to do a little bit of an episode where we kind of looked at some dynamics. And this is me trying to be like, I'm, I want to put myself in as many different shoes possibly and to maybe answer and ask some questions that people would like. <laughs> asked yeah. or uh, on their behalf and for us to just kind of take some of the weight off of this season. Regardless of what you celebrate, where you celebrate, how you celebrate, I do feel like this time of the year does bring up a little bit of like check-in. It's mm-hmm. like a self-check-in where, you know, we're going into the new year. We know we're about to be asked what right. our resolutions are. And we have these family gatherings. If we're fortunate enough to have family, we have, you know, commitments. We're trying to kind of run into the end of the year so that we can all rest and kind of collect ourselves. But there are there are just things that can come up. Yeah. And, you know, you and I are both single and at a point in life where it's like, yeah, dating, yeah, yeah, trying. But also those points in the year can kind of come up and if you're not looking around seeing what you thought you would see around yeah. this time of year, it can almost feel like just magnifying what you thought was a failure about you right. or what was heavy. So let's go first question. If you're coming into December and you're like, oh, wow, this has been a rough year <laughs> and I don't feel like I'm leaving the year uh, progressed if that makes sense, out of this. I'm still in the thick of the heavy. It could be a new job. The amount of people who I'm talking to who are in the middle of career changes. Really? Yeah, and like just drastically pivotal points in different places and at all different ages. We're not just talking 30s. We're talking some 40s. We're talking some 20s where I feel like there's just a bit of a pivot going on. And I think that anytime you're asked to pivot, you can almost look at what you're pivoting from right, and go, right. well, that means that's a failure. Right. So if you're walking into this season and you're feeling failure, what do you think? What's a good way to ground yourself when you feel like you've come up short on some goal you've given yourself when everybody else is like cheersing to a great oh, year? That is really hard. It is a hard question because, again, well, failure for starters is such a strong word. Right. So I would challenge the person's belief in what a failure is and what does that mean? Have you failed? Are you alive? Are you breathing? Do you have a roof over your head? Do you have shoes on your feet? Like you haven't failed. So what is the goal? How close have you gotten? And and looking at 
the positive of everything, the journey sometimes, rather than not like, oh, well, I only made 10,000 instead of 100,000. It's like, okay, so I have 10,000 more in my pocket. I can do this, 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 and this. I have this much more to grow. Looking at it in a positive spin, which I know sounds so simple, but there is so much research around mindset and positivity and yeah. what you put your energy toward and what you see will increase rather than seeing the lack because that is a decrease. Mm. So looking at it, not again, positioning it as not as a failure, yeah. but of you still have room to grow. Right. So I haven't failed, but I have room to grow even for myself or yourself. There's always space to grow. Even the one percentile want to continue to grow and they could even look at themselves like failures. Right. Um, I don't know if that answered your question. No, I'm going to let you go, but then we can kind of, you know. No, but I, it it fully does. I think redefining the failure, you know, I think about like uh, ventures tried where you're like, okay, that didn't work out. Or maybe it was a job that you got let go of where you thought you were going to be right. for the longevity of your career. Uh, I think that the first thing and what you're saying is not exactly this, but I kind of compare it to, it's like a gratefulness bent and being able to look at things for what they really are. So even if it's, oh, I lost that job. It's like, okay, so that was an experience that actually taught me a lot about how I want to leave a space or actually how I want to go into a work environment or to be cognizant of the things that I'm kind of gaining through that tenure at that job and to look at actually what you've gained as opposed to, okay, well, now I'm having to look for a new job or now I'm in this transition point. If you're on the other side of a romantic something that is really painful, as opposed to looking at the lack of that. I mean, to me, I'm like, look at the incredible things that it's taught you and challenge yourself to look at those things that it's taught you. Because part of the taking stock and feeling so overwhelmed by the things that, um, that feel heavy is that there a lot of times isn't some real examination of right. of what's true about that. It, that is the whole that's what I'm trying to say too. It's challenging your belief system, which your belief system is usually attached to a feeling, mm. an idea, not concrete evidence of like facts. And that's where like it gets convoluted where it's like, okay, so what is a failure? And what does a failure look like to you? And what does it look like to me? It's going to be two different things. Because what I want and what you want are different things as well. And there's beauty in that because there's a spot for everybody. Right. I mean, there's an arrange, an arrange, there's an array. An array of different positions. And there, there's literal value in everything someone does. So people are like, oh, you, you know, you do such an, you have such an impact or you help so many people. I'm like, okay, well, what do you do? And how does that impact people? Oh, you work in television. So you're impacting people's lives and people get to, you know, detach from reality for a little bit and enjoy mm-hmm. something. Or oh, what is it? Well, I don't have meaning in this. And it's like, you can create the meaning. And sometimes I have clients who are like, well, that's lying. That's delusion. And I'm like, no, it's a reframe. It's literally Mm. reprocessing in a positive lens, not a negative lens, which is so important, which I have to do daily sometimes. Sure. Um, You wake up. You're in a bad mood. Well, I'm going to choose to be in a a good mood. It's literally like a switch that you can, you know, switch on when you get the muscle. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, It's not that easy. But no, but I, I think that even as you're able to, you can you can take even smaller situations. You know, it might not be the most hurtful thing that you or painful thing that you've walked through this year that you're able to look at and go, yeah. oh, I see that as a blessing. <laughs> I right. see that as and like that is, that, a great yeah. thing. Like that's it's that not what I'm saying. No, right. and I know that that's not what you're saying. Yeah. But you can take even a small moment, and it might be okay. I thought that at this point this year, I would be further along to this goal. It's like okay, so. 
that goal is still ahead of you, but can we look at the distance that you traversed right, toward right, it? Right, the journey. Yeah, because it's like th- there's – you can have so much grace for other people, and we're not willing to give it to ourselves so much. Yeah. I think about even in our friendship, there are so many times when I'm like, I'm just stressed because I'm trying to get this, this, and this done. And then you will have to come back and go, okay, but can we just look at all of the things yeah. going on right now? Because you've just – thought that maybe all of these things needing to fire at once meant success or that things were okay or that you were moving forward. And no, not all 10 things are going or five things, but two are. And if they were all going, you would probably fail. So they're not also meant to like, like fire together. Yeah. And that's the beauty of planning. I think even telling yourself that you even wrote a goal is success. Yeah. Not a lot of people write goals down. Or to even define what they want. Because even defining what you want in a goal sense puts you up for the feeling of rejection and the feeling of failure. Right. And a lot of, not a lot of people, but I'd say some people that I've met who are really contented in life is because they haven't necessarily sat down. And I'm not saying everybody, I've just, there is a, a pattern where it's like, Okay, you can become contented right. with Very with just easily. yeah, with just where you are. So the fact that you're even looking at, oh, this is a failure, that is in and of itself a testament to your drive and to your vision for where you're wanting to go if you're even able to see a lack of or a distance right. between. So when you're feeling like a failure, to me, I had to do this, I've had to do this a couple of times where I will sit down and write out. And it could be a win as small as like, I had this conversation with Natalie that I was nervous about and we actually left it laughing. And I feel like I can talk to her about more things now. Win. That's a huge win. Or like, hey, I moved to LA and I found an apartment in a couple of days and got in. But I was so stressed about other life things needing to happen. I wasn't even able to look at the fact that like I've moved cross country. I've gotten into a place. I'm getting settled in life. And sometimes if you're just looking at what isn't finished or what you haven't put a bow on, you forget that like actually being able to turn back around and go, okay, so I'm still working through this thing. I can put a button on that. This thing is still just trucking along, but that's okay. Because no different than you talk about you know, the muscles that you can develop. I'm like a muscle of peace and choosing to oh. to be at yeah. peace with yourself, even when things feel like they're at a tension point in your life or where you're in between. It's like that is, and you know, in the last episode, we talked about the different authority seats that you take with how you want to handle things. And I, for myself in life, want to be a person that people feel peace mm-hmm. around, which means that I have to cultivate that myself. Right before that can just be a resource like a pond that people can come and put a blanket down next to. Mm -hmm. So it's like in these moments where I'm having to wrestle with myself and at points in life, it's like I choose to go, oh, no, no, no. I'm still moving forward, but I get to choose peace with myself. And I get to go, hey, Cav, it's been a year. And yeah, there are some things that we don't have bows on, but there are also some things that we can be excited about. And we're going to keep walking. And while we're walking, we're going to sing Old Lang Syne. (laughs) 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 You know? We're going to be able to move forward. So something else that I feel like would be worth kind of diving into. So, you know, I know that not every everybody's at different points in life and with their families and with their loved ones and if they have them or not and all that. But the holidays can mean that we're going back and we're seeing people we only see once a year. It could mean that we're spending time with family members that we don't necessarily choose to do a whole lot of life right. with. It can mean, uh, you know, going with, you know, let's say your loved ones 
Sam's family is is just a lot of work and you're oh. having to prep through that. It's like there are so many tedious relational things that can come into play for the holidays. And so I wonder if there are any tidbits or tips. Like let's say you're going into an environment. I'm not going to say that it's family. It could be a work party mm. that you're dreading. It could be that you're going back home and you haven't been home in five years. It could be that you know your family lost a loved one and so now everybody's coming in and they're going to be together this year. I don't know. But I know that it can be overwhelming to go into environments yeah. that we're less than stoked about. So I'd love for us to kick through or kick around a couple of like, hey, just whatever the situation is, you and yourself and how you handle people, take this. So I think a good intervention, and I'm very big on what your mindset is, right? Because the mind connects to like your perception and what you are thinking and feeling towards a certain thing. Um, So if you're going into a stressful situation, when you're in the car, before you go in, tell yourself what your experience is going to be like. Yeah, that's good. And again, not to be so, oh, I'm going to manifest this, but it's like, this is going to be great. I'm going to enjoy these people's company. I see them once a year. This person's, you know, going to be this way and I'm going to be this way. And I'm I, again, no surprises, right? Yeah. When people, maybe this guy's going to be a jerk and that's what he's going to be. And I, I know that ahead of time. He's not going to catch me off guard or he's not right. going to irritate me because I'm in control of my thoughts and I'm in control of my feelings. And again, this is kind of, it's simple, but it's a little advanced because it's like, okay, How do I get in the mindset of connecting to all these people? Because I know it's going to be difficult. So you tell yourself what is going to happen in there. That's good. Again, simple and effective. And it's like, okay, I'm going to have a good day. This is going to be a good hang. I am going to be the best version of myself for these three hours. And not, again, to be fake or to be phony or to be false, but to connect to the positivity and the love that could be in that room. Again, it's a muscle you want to work. So then if you can do it there, you can do it somewhere else. Yeah. And then you, you build up that muscle of peace and love and connection and hopefulness. Well, and especially, I love you talking about making your mind up before you go yeah. into it. because Which I have to do a lot of. So again, I'm, I practice what I preach. It's like that really does help. It really does. And especially because... You can kind of work yourself into a hole when oh, you start playing hole. out. Yeah. <laughs> when you start playing out all of the possible things uh-huh. that could happen. And, you know, I'd say that, like, for me in my own life, one of the, like, freer kind of things was when I was able to go into situations where I was like, I know that I'm going to feel a way in my heart, mm-hmm. like, having you know niceties or having to small talk or having to yeah. do those things. And it's like, you you kind of already know. And once you talk to yourself and go, okay, so this is what it's going to be. It's going to be some small talk. It's going to be some comments that hurt a little bit. And we're going to take those. And we're actually just going to choose. And I know that this sounds like a, it's not a higher road thing. It's like a, it's like a settled road thing. It's like peace of acceptance of like, that's your own inner work. I'm doing mine and I'm not affected by your negative words because I know who I am. Right. I know my power. I know that I've done the work and clearly you haven't, if you're making comments that are negative or uncomfortable. So again, it's a boundary of sort of sorts and not all boundaries are spoken. A boundary is how you perceive things. And if you're attaching to the comments or if you're acting on the comments. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I, I feel like the last few years, you know, everybody's nervous about having political conversations with their family mm. and kind of entering into those muddy waters. And the truth is, <laughs> you don't have to engage. 
<laughs> you don't have to engage. You don't, <laughs> you don't have to engage in conversations right. that you don't find fulfilling. And I'm not saying you sit there like a sourpuss right. with your arms crossed because that is communication. Okay, so we are talking about every which way we communicate. If I don't want to engage in something, it's not going to be with me and my arms crossed over in the corner like, oh, well, I am not having that conversation. <laughs> You're just going to know I'm not having the conversation. Yeah. Why? Because I'm not having the conversation. I'm not affected. No. By, right. Exactly. And like, and you know, there have been times where I will sit in between people having a conversation yeah, and it's there. like, you know, there are bullets flying. There have been times and when people I, get mad. I'm like, oh, you're, yeah. you're losing your peace because someone else doesn't agree with you. What? Yeah. Why? And then, and, and then when it's, when it's with family, you're like, wait, but this, like, we love each other. What are we doing? <laughs> like, but I do like you. But what happens is if you decide, like, oh, actually, I'm just not doing that. Mm-hmm. And it, it doesn't have to be this big, you know, thesis you're handing out <laughs> when right. you get together for your Christmas dinner or whatever. It's like, no, actually, I'm going to show up by way of being really kind, by being authentic, and by engaging where there's life. You don't have to be a bump on a log at these parties, at at these at this family stuff, around your in-laws. You don't have to sit over in the corner and communicate right. with every bit of your body and your mouth and your face that like you're not down with conversations. You can actually just be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> and right. then and then when there's a break, you can actually change the subject. Exactly. You can kind of control the narrative. Or you know, you go into the kitchen or you don't have to engage and you watch how people shift or maybe yeah. because you're not engaging. Oh, that's a fun thing. Yeah. Well, I just like, I'm like, if you want a conversation to go dead, just don't engage. And there's, there's nothing that is not communicated in that. Mm -mm. And there've been times when I've been in rooms where there are conversations that are continuing on and it's like the ball gets thrown to me and I'm I'm like, yeah, oh, there it is on the floor. Hey, anyway, what's going on with that thing uh-huh. in your life? It's like, no, we're just not, I'm not even g- going to play in those waters. Right. Like, I care about you. I care about us here together. So, no, we're not going to have some unnecessary conversation fraught with a bunch of opinions when I see you once a year. Right. <laughs> like, you know, like, those heavy-handed conversations can come in the context of relationship. Not good as check-ins. No, no, exactly. <laughs> you know, not- and knowing that, too, and being aware of that and understanding what, again, the limits are of, like, the conversation. Yeah. You know, part of reading the room is helping set the tone of a room. And one way that we can do that is by having a delicious and amazing scent be the first thing that your guest smells, the first thing that someone experiences in your space. And that's why I've been really excited to partner with Mood Servant, which is a new apothecary based in LA. And the truth is, I'm a bit of a scent snob, okay? And I can own that. Any of my people will tell you that. I just really like a good candle. I think that sometimes we underestimate the importance of how we keep a space and how we welcome other people into it. So whatever mood you're trying to set, whether it's a dinner on Friday, a Sunday brunch, a Monday book club, you guys, these candles are going to last for you. And this isn't a candle that you're going to walk by and be like, "Ooh, now I have a headache. Okay. Because we have all experienced those. We all have gone into those stores that I won't name in a mall. But the truth is, is that we can do better. So go to moodservant.com. Have fun going through the site. When you go to checkout, just put the code in room 10. Okay. And you'll get 10% off your entire purchase. Now, personally, I'll tell you my absolute favorite candle is the Venice Queen. Now, I also really love the James. Oh, and Courtney's favorite, that would be the tobacco saffron. I mean, going into the holidays, that one is going to be the vibe. But the truth is, whatever your vibe is, whatever mood you're trying to serve up, Mood Servant's there. So again, that's moodservant.com. Enter the code ROOM10. Okay, here's another one that I just wanted to ask. Let's say, let's say you've just gotten married and 
your in-law is coming over to your family for the first time and there are things you're nervous about for both sides. You're nervous about family meeting your in-laws and you're nervous about your in-law being around your family. How much of that do you try to help and like give both sides like, hey, you know, this is the stuffing they really like or the dressing, this is the, the, or hey, when we're over at their place, like we say grace and then we only eat this thing and then we all cut the turkey. Like everybody has like interesting traditions, the way they do things. Uh Family units are so specific that I'm like, in bringing someone new to the family, new to such an intimate environment, what's a way to set someone up to win? Is it like, tell your person what your parents or your mother or father figure or siblings really enjoy so they can bring like one thing that's thoughtful? Is it come and make sure to be at the kitchen doing dishes and just helping? <laughs> like what's... Yeah, I mean, I guess it's depending on like what your family deems important. Sure. You want them, but you also want your significant other to feel like... Important, important and, valued. and valued. too. So... I think it's being as upfront and honest without like stepping on toes and thinking, okay, my, you know, grandpa might fart at the table, you know, and that's just because, you know, it's just, you know. But we don't call attention we to it. We never it. acknowledge exactly. it. Exactly. That's a bad example. I'll give you another no, one. No, listen, hey, it's, that's it's a real, real one. It's real or like, hey, you know, they like this political party and they're going to talk about this, but it doesn't have to affect us and you don't have to communicate these things, but this is what, this is the realness. Yeah. This is what's going to be hiding. I feel like being as open and honest as possible. Again, the nerves are a whole different thing, right? I'm not married, so I don't know what that's like, but I've heard horror stories. <laughs> <You've> heard <tell. laughs> I've heard a lot of stories. And again, I think it's just the real honest, again, from the humanistic approach of like, Hey, we're all human. We're all coming from different backgrounds, from different, you know, traditions, like, It's Mm going to be some quirkiness in there. There's going to be some differences. But at the end of the day, we're human. We love each other. I love you. You love them. Let's connect and do our best. Again, that's a very healthy mindset. So I know I kind of am making the same like make-believe like, oh, it's just so easy. That's what you do. But that's the goal. And it is a lot easier than it, you know, people give credit to. Well, and I mean, even to your point about it, uh, like, I, you know, it's not easy, but even setting the goal is part of the yeah. step in reaching the goal, right? Exactly. So even the conversation we're having now is like, no, is any person ever functioning like this 365 right. a year, right. 24 hours a day? No, they're not. This is like the, the overall bent that we're saying, like, right. look, we're trying to love people really well. And we're also trying to be who we are. And right. we're also trying to show up authentic and vulnerable right. so that we can impart and love right. and read a room. But um, I will say this, you know, for for anybody coming into any environment, awareness, and I know the show is called Read the Room, but awareness is never lost. And awareness is never something that uh, people are mad to have in the room. And I'm not talking about someone being like, are you going to eat that? Like, <laughs> you know, I've been known to do that, but <laughs> we're like, Oh yeah. With the fork going to my mouth, I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm eating it currently. <laughs> no, but you can get really focused on, on the little things and, and it can be like too aware if you're, if you're out of anxiety trying right. to survey a room and everything that's going on, you'll wear yourself right. out. But You can choose a couple of things, and this is something I would give someone coming into a family, is like, hey, it's never, ever a bad idea if there are dirty dishes next to a sink 
to just go like, hey, I just wanted to knock these out real quick. Now you don't do that while everybody's sitting down at dinner. <laughs> and you know, you you pick the time, like when right. everybody's cleaning up, you just show that you're there on the same level of investment. So, you know, for if you're a loved one coming in or a new loved one, or if you have a loved one coming in, it's like I would give my person, hey, these are some ways to actually win here. Right. And here are a couple of things. Like, you know, uh, my parents really appreciate this kind of comment or this kind of yeah. question. And I feel like if you give somebody a couple of ways to win, they'll yeah. find more on their own. I love that. You yeah. know, it's like just a couple of insights and you have those for your family and for the loved one coming in. So right. it's like you can actually help both people. I think sometimes uh, those kind of interesting new person family dynamics can be really tricky when that person shows up just with no, oblivious. yeah, oblivious to any kind of family dynamic right. culture. And this isn't to say that you have a parent trap, you know, <laughs> <laughs> list of this is that where the house is though. and this, yeah, right. it'd be helpful. Yeah. It would be helpful. Like, you know, this is, this is <laughs> grandpa and these are his things. But if you, if you find a couple of wins that you can serve up, and this is a, also a thing too, where like when you're introducing someone to uh, a group, a community of yours, or a family, you can give one access point for a win. When I, I talk about my larger friend group, I'm like, it's an aware and thoughtful group of people. Mm-hmm. It is an intentional group of people that in a room, if someone is in a corner crying, or if someone ev- is even slightly not at the same level of energy, it's going to be a thing of like, hey, what's going on? There's mm-hmm. such awareness right. that you're clued into that. If, if one person is getting up from the table after you know we've all finished eating, that first person is going to start grabbing plates for everybody. And that's just kind of like a cultural thing that right. I feel like we're all clued in on of, you know, hey, are you here to actually participate right. and show up? And I know that that's one example, but I'm like— It's a powerful it, example. But sure. I'm like, if you're if you're going into a family and you know that they like to, let's say, tell the nativity story, <laughs> you're like, well, I don't really know. Yeah, I don't really know the nativity story or or I, you know, that's, that's not something that we would do every year. Throw yourself into the new family, the new community, and try to see, enjoy, be in it at the same level they are. So like, right. oh, this is what y'all do. I can be passionate about be that. Be interested. Yes, be interested. Be Which curious. Which goes a long way. It not really many does. people are interested. Yeah. You t- should be interested rather than be interesting. Fully. Mm-hmm. That is, that's so good. Be interested, not interesting. Mm-hmm. Because people are interested in the ones who are interested. Yes. <laughs> it's like, exactly. that's, I mean, that's. And that a, makes you interesting. Yeah. The fact that you are down to sit across from someone and have a conversation just about them will make you interesting. Mm-hmm. And the the few times, now I'm like, the times <laughs> when I'm able to do that, though, it is always interesting because it's like immediately right. endeared to that yeah. person because they're like, oh, oh, you actually care mm-hmm. about other people. And I think by and large, most of us are just looking to make sure that a person cares. (laughs) So even in... Nobody does. Just kidding. (laughs) Nobody does. Keep trying to find... No, but like even in these difficult uh, conversations to remember that, like people just want to know that you're cared for. But what you said is such a great grounding tool in Mm. the middle of that of like, oh, people actually just want to feel genuinely loved, interested in... And I can even communicate that by the way I'm having this conversation Mm -hmm. or the way I'm communicating a point or taking that extra second and allowing my intensity or volume to lower Mm -hmm. to where it can actually be received as opposed to delivering something in a heightened state. Right. And then you stay away from those uncomfortable conversations because you do have a little 
control over the narrative of what's being, you know, kind of talked about. Yeah, it's true. It's almost like, well, I'm going to keep setting the thermostat. <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep setting it to, no, it's 70. Oh, someone tried to take it down to 55. Oh. Okay, we're just going to bumper mm-hmm. back up here by going like, oh, hey, mom, what was that really cool thing that happened a couple weeks ago that you said, your friend said to you and it just filled you up? I Like you can reorient the whole of vibe of a room. And the second that you become interested and the second that you're actually willing to bring your own piece that you've decided on and how you're willing to engage in those conversations, right. it really does start to impart the thing that you're actually wanting when you go home. Yes, and then you feel different. And then the negativity disappears because you're connecting like, you know, and actually having conversations that aren't around politics or religion or money or Uh whatever it is. It's like, oh, wait, I do matter. Let me show somebody that they matter so then I can feel like I matter as well. So it's kind of like, you know, let me scratch your back. Can you scratch mine? (laughs) Is that the same? Yeah, a version of, a version of, a version of. Exactly. Uh, So then, okay, now kind of moving from that. And and two, I'd just like to say, take the weight off of, of, even in a moment with your family and with people you've loved for decades or, you know, like these kind of longstanding relationships, it's okay if you have a wonky Christmas. And Mm -hmm. I know that that is not the thing that you want to hear, but not all of them are going to be full of Polar Express memories, you know, and I wish they were. But as you get older, it starts to change. And I think that, you know, even being okay with the fact that, hey, it's okay if it's not my favorite Christmas mm-hmm. and I'm going to go into it with gratefulness or, uh, you know, this, it's not my favorite month or maybe I lost someone around this time every year. It's like, okay, it's going to be difficult, right. but then I can ground myself in what I'm actually grateful for and lean into the people around me who are actually filling in right. those moments too. Because too, I think that, you know, we we talked in a couple episodes ago with um, with Catherine Gallagher just about asking for help and being clear about what you need. Right. And I do think that around the holidays, it's like, man, don't be alone. If you can help it, I understand that, you know, a lot of us don't live in big cities or near big communities. And so being alone for Christmas Day or for um, for New Year's or for for any any bit of the season can feel um, just heavy, yeah, just just really heavy. What would you say to someone who is is feeling just alone on this time? Because I'm like, I, I know that. I mean, to be real, you and I both dealt with that, yeah, and. And so I, I'm kind of trying to come at this from just an honest place of like, I know that that's a real thing. And people I love greatly cannot stand this time of year yeah, because of everything that it brings up. Right. And I noticed that there are almost like two trains or two tracks mm-hmm. that people get on, which is that people either throw themselves into community and kind of like raise their hand to go, hi, I don't have anybody to spend Christmas with, or I'm at this point, can I come and hang out? And then there are other people who just completely isolate. Right. And then the complete isolation is where I get just most nervous for people. And I know that, yeah, it's just a dark, it can be a dark time. I know, I know real loneliness. I know real isolation. I know real depression. I know real suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. I know all of that and how that can play. And I know that when you allow yourself to become isolated, and especially in any of those isolating thoughts, not outside of where you are in life or anything, but those are just heavy things that you can contend with. The the thought is like, well, let me isolate. I don't want to ruin anybody else's Christmas. Let me go and take this, and I'll deal with this by myself. And the truth is, is that we're just not meant to deal with 
everything by herself. And we do need community. And I would say if you have even one person who has who has been like, hey, I'm here. And it could be that simple to be like, hey, would it be possible if I came over for a couple of hours on Christmas? Like I'm doing some other things. I just wanted to, you know, be able to check in with people I love, you know, or, um, hey, so I'm not doing anything for Christmas. Would it be possible to, to come spend the night? And look, here's the thing. I know that those questions and reaching out to people sometimes like, Oh, how sad. Yeah, that's the hard. feeling. The reaching out part is the hardest. Yeah, that, and, yeah. and I just want to say that that's some bull. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, I understand that it can feel like, oh, I don't have plans. And it's like, hey, no, actually, it is so boss yeah. and adult and mature and responsible. Not even uh, responsible to, but I would say more so just like wise to be like, hey, so... I don't want to be isolated on a time when I know that everybody else is going to be together. So I'm going to be vulnerable enough to ask and to be like, I need community or I need um, something to do for a couple of hours. And let's say that's not an option. I would say this. There are absolute ways that you can pull yourself out of your own head and out of your own isolation. And I would encourage you on Christmas even if it, and I know that this might on first pass be like, oh, that's sad. What I have loved to do when I feel really, really lonely is actually reach out and love on a couple of people and be able to go like, hey, I'm thinking of this moment in our friendship today that really meant a lot. Or reflection. Like, yeah. So I'm like, you can have a day alone. Yeah. Let it be a day, a day of gratefulness where you're actually able right. to take stock of the people in your life who have poured in who have um, invested in your life and reach out. Also, you know, we were talking before we started recording about like what happens when traditions change and you're getting older and, and, you know, maybe the family's not getting together or, or your parents split or there's whatever number of dynamics that could change the traditions that we kind of get excited about in a season. Guess what? As an adult, one of the most fun things is to redefine Create and, your own traditions. Yeah. And, you know, for I, like I use this kind of example, but I'm like my parents and I, right, like I have three siblings and they all have their own lives and a ton of kids. And so it's like they're definitely doing their own things mm-hmm. in, in life. And so my parents and I had to like have a conversation of, okay, what are what are Christmas what are is going to do? Yeah, what are <laughs> yeah. Christmas is going to look like? And, and it's actually been so much fun to redefine that because it's become like, let's play cards and have yeah. a tournament. Oh, let's go see a movie that we I really like. That. Let's make something. Like right. let's cook a breakfast that we're really excited about. If you're someone who loves to cook, maybe Christmas is the day that you make that like really elaborate thing mm. That you've always wanted yeah. to try. You just get to recontextualize it. And so whatever you're walking into this holiday season and however you're feeling about yourself, can I just tell you that you're moving forward because you're still here. Yeah. And you're still you're still breathing. There's still life. There are great things that are going to happen for you. And I'm not saying that arbitrarily. Like I just I genuinely believe that. If you're listening to this show, it's not because uh, you know, you think I'm the funniest person ever or you think that you know, my guests are in and of themselves the best ever. It's because you like this conversation and because there's something in it for you. So then take the challenge. I'm giving you for Christmas and for this holiday season a challenge. I love that. And the challenge is to walk into this season and into 2024 in peace because you've chosen it. 
with a lot of grace and understanding for people and the dissonance that may or may not be in your relationships. And to also know that you have authority to bring what you're wanting in your own relational world. To be honest, even us doing this podcast and having these conversations is my own investment to see more of the conversations that I'm wanting to have and to see more of the relationships that I have. So, you know, we, we get to bring what we want. Mm -hmm. And so I'd like to thank you for listening to this first year of read the room I would like to just genuinely say that this has been a pleasure and I'm really excited about everything that we're going to move on into. I'm grateful for friends like you, Natalie, mm-hmm. and people to um, to walk walk this out with. And, and I've just been really encouraged and challenged and honestly blessed by how my own people have showed up to be yeah, like, oh no, we yeah. believe in this conversation and we're coming on. So you haven't met all my friends yet. Don't worry. <laughs> You're going to get a, a whole new list of them here in the new year. And hey, this show is my love language to you. It is. So I hope that you feel that and you receive it with everything I'm meaning to give it. But have a fantastic rest of your year. Thank you. Yeah, I, I looked will. at I looked at Natalie, made sure <laughs> to say that because I'm not. Oh, I don't talk to you. Uh, yeah, I'm not talking to you for weeks. We have to wait until yeah, the exactly. Year. Yeah. No, I'll talk this to you in our, about five minutes. <laughs> this is our, this is for having me. <laughs> you're it's a welcome. Great way to end my year as well. Well, good. Uh, This has been Read the Room, and we will be back in January with an all-new season for you. Thank you.